Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike Brown, and welcome to a fresh new episode here on Thursday, August 11th, as we are in the dog days of NBA life fandom. Uh, There is a little bit of news, some notes that I want to make sure we go over here at The Dream Take give anybody and everybody the opportunity to come on to the show tonight. We are live here on Spotify Live. It's a little bit earlier in the night than we usually do shows, so hopefully we have a decent crowd show up here on Spotify Live. If not, you've got me for the next half hour or so breaking down all things Houston Rockets as we do here at the Dream Take all the time. So let's get straight into it. I would say, first of all, if you are joining the show, thank you so much. As always, if you would like to take part in the show and you literally, it is open line Thursday. If you want to come on and talk anything Houston Rockets related, pretty easy. Hit that request to speak button. I will literally bring you on stage as soon as you hit that button and we'll chop up anything you guys want to talk about. Preseason, schedule getting released. Uh, There was a good... I should say great story by our own James Piercy of the Dream Shake that was published today that we're going to talk about. Uh, There's some other Rockets news. Uh, Tracy McGrady went after Rudy Gobert, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, We'll talk about Kevin Durant and how his ever-evolving situation with the Brooklyn Nets, how that impacts the Houston Rockets. So if any of those things have piqued your interest, and you would like to hop on the show tonight, it's pretty easy. You hit that request to speak button. I bring you up on stage. Per uh, Sports Talk 790's um, Adam Wexler, he did uh, tweet yesterday that the Rockets' preseason schedule has been released Sunday, October 2nd, against the San Antonio Spurs. 6 o'clock, that's a Friday night. Uh, Then October 7th versus the Toronto Raptors at 7 p.m., Monday, October 10th at the Miami Heat. And then finally, uh, October 14th at the Indiana Pacers. I mean, it's preseason basketball. I get it. But that's, what, roughly six, seven weeks from now. So we are getting there. We are almost through the summer. It's been a, a relatively... Boring summer for the Rockets. I mean, I I don't know if that is entirely fair to say that it's been boring, but it just feels like they didn't do too much in free agency. They did trade for Christian Wood. So I guess there is that. Um, But overall, I would say a relatively quiet summer for the Rockets outside of obviously Summer League. Um, But we look at You know, we've got a couple other quotes I want to get to before we get to the James Piercy story. Uh, Per Adam Spillane, he asked Josh Christopher uh, what he'll notice 
what should Rockets fans notice about Josh Christopher's game since last year? Um, Josh notes that he thinks he's going to look slower. Uh, he'll look more confident, less timid. Uh, now that he's got a year under his belt, uh, Jalen Green is quoted today saying, my mindset is to go into camp, be the best version of myself on and off the court. Like I said, I'm trying to build a winning mentality. So that's good to see from our guy, Josh, or excuse me, Jalen Green. Uh, it should be noted that jo- uh, Jalen Green is in the Philippines uh, this week, noting that he wants to get back to his Filipino roots. So that's pretty cool to see uh, that at 20 years old, uh, he is doing the work around uh, the globe to represent not only himself, but the Rockets brand, the Adidas brand that he's a part of. So all of that, good things with Jalen Green, Josh Christopher. It's good to see our guys together. Um, you know, they're, they're doing well, it looks like. I mean, I'm not a big let's see what they're doing off the court type of thing. As long as they're not doing bad things off the court, I think it's only good uh, we talked about it on the last show with uh, Jeremy and I on Monday about how it looks like Jalen Green has been in the weight room. That, you know, he still continues to look good in the sense that doing the right things, you know, trying to get his body in a better position for next season. So you love to see all of that. Let's get to what I believe some of you guys will have an opinion on. Uh, James Piercy. Uh, published uh, a story for the Dream Shake today. Great writer. If you guys have not read any of uh, his work, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, let me make sure I give him. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at James Piercy Eleven. The J and the P are capitalized. So check his Twitter profile out. He's always tweeting something good uh, there. The story that I'm referencing is on thedreamshake.com. And the title of the story is, Is Steven Silas on the Hot Seat? And (laughs) it's so funny because in my eyes, he's been on the hot seat for the last half a season, I would say. His first season, you can't put a guy on the hot seat a year into his tenure because that's not fair to the coach. You know, I think that Steven Silas was brought here, and James talks about this in his article. He was brought here to coach a certain team that had James Harden, that had John Wall on that team. Guys like that who are a part of your roster has a completely different direction, obviously, than a team that's in complete rebuilding mode. And when Steven Silas got here, he thought he was going to coach a certain type of Rockets team. And that team was quickly pulled out from under him, and he was forced to coach a different roster with a different mindset. Is that fair to Steven Silas? No. Flat out, it's just not fair. But, y'all, we live in a world that is not fair. I don't have any sort of I don't feel sorry for Steven Silas. I know there's a lot of guys 
and girls and, you know, whoever that feel bad for Steven Silas as a Rockets fan. And Sean notes, it depends on if his lineup decisions and the way he coaches are on Silas or at the direction of the front office. That's a great point. Um, to me, you can't blame the front office for moves made in game. I feel like you can't put a face to that. Like you can't blame Raphael Stone and Tillman Fertitta on the roster move, or excuse me, the in-game decisions that Steven Silas and his coaching staff are making, I feel like. Now, could he be pushed in a direction by the front office to make certain decisions in-game? Yes, I do feel like that could be on the table. I feel like you can blame Ross. It's vice versa, right? You can blame the front office, Tillman Fertitta, Raphael Stone, and company for guys that they have put on the roster, you know, roster management. You know, when you employ, you know, multiple guys who you feel like are the same type of guy, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, uh, Usman Garuba. You know what all those guys have in common? None of those guys are centers. So I just named, what, five or six guys that all play a similar position and all do similar things. Do you really need all of those guys on the roster this year? No, that's why KJ Martin is asked out for that exact reason. But in game, anybody who's watched the Rockets the last two years, you can see Steven Silas struggles mightily with what I perceive as Ross or rotational minutes giving guys minutes that should not have either minutes at all or they're getting way too many minutes. Guys like Garrison Matthews playing more than 20 minutes in an NBA game is hysterical in my eyes. You know, guys like KJ Martin Jr., who we broke down on a previous show, and if you missed that, you should go check it out. If KJ Martin is not playing more than 25 minutes in a night, then something is wrong. The guy, the more minutes he plays, the better he plays. And I know, Mike, you know, Mike, uh, obviously, the more minutes a guy plays, the better he plays. Not always. You know, not always do you put guys in certain situations and make them play a certain number of minutes and their numbers go up. Sometimes they are a detractor to the team the more minutes they play. Garrison Matthews, in my eyes, is that guy for the Rockets. If you play a certain type of way, like the Rockets have the last two years under Steven Silas, which is not employing a guy to be a rim defender. I still think it's absurd the way that the Rockets have handled that position. For Ever since they've lost Capella, they haven't had a rim defender. Now, they have guys who from time to time can defend the rim, but on a consistent enough basis, they don't have that. And look at the NBA Finals from last year. And as we bring on good friend of the show, Adam, uh, I'm going to go ahead and finish my point just real quick, Adam. Um, Golden State has Kavon Looney, Draymond Green. Boston has Robert, Robert Williams. The good teams in this league have those guys. 
but let's welcome Adam to the show. Adam, what's up, brother? How are you? Uh, doing good. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. Good, good, good. What's going on? So, Steve and Silas, I, I don't – there's no way – there's a, literally a 0% chance he gets fired this year. I'm going to tell you why. Ooh. So, he Hot came take. in, he signed a four-year contract. This is year three of that four-year contract. They don't plan or expect to be very good this year. Next year, they hope that, you know – you know, they hope that they get Gwen Binyama or Scoot Henderson or one of the other guys that kind of rise to the top and kind of get a top five pick. And next year okay. is when they not this up not this upcoming season. Next year is when they will really make a decision on Steven Silas. But generally they'll probably know at the end of this year whether he's the coach of the future or not. But they're just not gonna fire him. It's just they there's, you know, it's just, it, I don't think it makes much sense to them, uh, for, for them to make that point. They're, they're always gonna, they're always gonna claim that they have the utmost, um, confidence in Steven Silas as the coach of the future. They're not going to ever tell us what they really think about him, but you'll see more and more where maybe John Lucas gets more involved in game plans and other things of that nature, or, you know, you see more, more responsibility given to some of the assistant coaches Steven Silas on a spectrum of because I think he's a the way he was he was kind of packaged to us they they pack they they talked about him if you think about like an NFL coach he's on a spectrum between Mike McCarthy and Andy Reid right he's 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 supposed to be an offensive genius but the what what you're talking about where his kind of uh, where he fails to really kind of where he's failed so far to excel or even be pretty competent rotations, man, you know, general kind of logistics and management of team kind of things of that nature. Those are things that are present with Andy Reid as well, right? Andy Reid's biggest issue before he won, you know, the one Super Bowl um, in, you know, for, for with Kansas City was his time management, right? Like he just was a terrible, you know, game manager, keeping trap of timeouts, things of that nature. And those are things that I just don't, you know, we, that's what, that's what I'm going to really pay attention to this year. You know, what, what you talked about, who he plays, how much time he get, how much time he plays by the end of the year, if we're still asking questions about whether KJ Martin can be, uh, can be a, a starter in this league, then he'll have failed. If we're still talking about the many questions that we've asked, that we've kind of talked about over the past season, then he probably isn't long for the, you know, for the Rockets, you know? Well, I think, I think you make some good points, Adam. I think here's, here's where I'm at, right? It feels like believing in Silas is like beating a dead horse, for lack of a better term. He sucked. His teams, I should say, have sucked for two straight years. Is that true or false? Yes. Uh, Record-wise. I, sh- I should say record-wise, which... And I know I'm in the minority on this, and there's a lot of fans out there that feel like I do, and there's also people that think the opposite, that my take on, when I say a team sucks, the only thing I care about is win-loss. That's the only thing that matters. Everything else to me is semantics. And there are people out there that want to get much into the analytics and the deep dive of, you know, but this guy's a, a an efficient, you know, 
they, they look at some sort of shooting percentage that's beyond what they actually shoot from the field. And it's like, well, the guy's a 30% shooter, but in these situations in the second quarters of minutes, you know, six through nine, he's a 60% shooter. It doesn't matter. No one cares. And there are people. Yeah. The devil's advocate, the devil's advocate kind of, you know, people that are proponents of Silas, they'll say just, you know, it's not about the wins and losses, you know, the analytics. Exactly. Be yeah. very much, but, but what they'll say is, you have to give them credit for the player development. You got to give them credit for Jalen Green. You know, they want to say Jalen Green, you know, shot 36% from three because of Steven Silas. Well, isn't it, isn't it known, a known fact that John Lucas works with Jalen Green on his shooting? You know, for sure. And everybody else too, everybody else that they have, the shooting coaches that they have, it goes along with, it's not just Silas. They want to give him credit for Josh Christopher showing more than, you know, what a 26 pick in, in a, in a pretty, in, 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 a, in a draft should, should show. Maybe that's just Josh Christopher and his drive to just stay in the NBA. Maybe like, you know, maybe he, you know, like, I, I don't know. We don't know a lot of these things, but I, I tend to not give him credit for a lot of that stuff, but those are the things that they want to give him credit for. They want to give him credit for slow playing Jalen Green. I think that's a detriment. I think you should have given him more responsibility in the first half. I think you should have put the ball in his hands more. I think he should have had a higher usage rate. But some other people will say, you know, like, you know, everything good that you can pull out of last season is attributable to Silas. Yeah. Well, I think it's – and here's the thing. You bring up a phenomenal point, Adam. And if anybody else wants to jump in on the conversation, you guys are more than welcome to hit that request to speak button. Adam, what you just outlined is the exact reason why I believe the way that I do. Um, And that is that the only thing that matters is the win-loss record. You know, the win-loss column, I should say. Because it's so hard to pinpoint. You can't just give Silas credit for the development of a guy like Josh Christopher, like you said. There's so many varying factors. You're the head coach of the team. Your team has had the worst record, not one, but two years in a row by a decently wide margin. What you're doing clearly is not working, not through all the faults of yourself, but you lead the team. The responsibility of the win-loss record starts, doesn't end with you, but it starts with you because you're coaching the games. Any final thoughts, Adam, before we move to our next speaker, brother? Two quick thoughts. Um, You also have to... You also have to give him some blame for, you know, he, he handpicked his assistant coaches. They're not there anymore. Like the, he, you know, he's basically saying, you know, the blame lies with them. Why they aren't there anymore. Hornacek, others, you know, like, so this is, you know, this is, you know, so so we'll see what, what he brings. The other thing that I, that I, I think, you know, this is just a kind of a planning plan to see for maybe a future show. I think I think Eric Gordon will be traded this year. I think the only the only team. Oh God, I hope so. Like the the team that's percent chance that he gets traded to is the Sixers, right? When you hear enough chatter, that you know there's there's some truth behind it, and mm. and the player that I think we get in return is Matisse Thybulle. They don't want to pay him. They don't believe in him showing any kind of semblance of offensive ability. And the Rockets have shown kind of a propensity to kind of invest in defense with Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, you know, Matisse Thibel would fit in. 
you have you have a you have one more year with him uh, under a qualifying offer before he's eligible for a five-year, 188 million dollar contract, which you know he won't get. But you know if you if you talked last year, if they if they put him on the trading block, the Sixers did at the beginning of last year, three fourths of the league would have called for Matisse Thybul and would be thinking that he's a player that's worth you know 20 million a year because that's how he was yeah. talked about. But I'll, I'll leave it there. My man, appreciate you joining as always, brother. All right, let's go to our next speaker, long-lost relative of the show, good friend, Sean. Sean, what's going down? No, man, I just wanted to – I know we're a little down. I mean, I know we're down on Silas, but I, I did want to talk about people. One on the Silas front, I, I know we talk about wins and losses, I, and I, I don't necessarily think that – you know, if they if they start next year like they did last year, that he would survive that. Um, but at the same time, they could win 25 games next year. But I think if he shows that he has, he's putting together competent lineups. He's putting guys in position to succeed. He's giving them consistent roles. Like he's treating it like it's an NBA team that's trying to win, but they don't win because well. You have a bunch of 19 and 20 year olds who haven't done this at the NBA level <laughs> for long enough to be able to close games out in the fourth quarter effectively. Well, you know, that's one thing. And I could see him surviving that because now you see the semblance of a team coming together. It just needs to mature and um, develop. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, man, is you got to ask yourself. What is the direction of the team? Because the – let me backtrack. Again, I go back to the to the sense that if they win 20 to 25 games this year, how does he keep his job? Like if, you, if you're the Rockets front office and he only wins 20 to 25 games this year, which means let's say they win 25 games, that puts him at 25 and 57. Why in the world would you give him a fourth year? He should be fired immediately after the season is over if they go 25 and 57. I don't want that hot dog water of a record again because then you're just getting three straight years of nothing. Nothing. I mean, if, if there's a Rockets fan out there, Sean, you know, Adam, you know, Alex, Ryan, whoever, they've done – if they go 25 and 57 this year, they have done and accomplished nothing than three years in a row. Why would you keep that same coach? So to answer I mean, James Piercy's question, I is Steven Silas on the hot seat? Yeah. He's on the hot seat. He's on a scoldering hot seat. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think, no, Sean? I, no, I, no, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, to me, I guess it's context. Like, if you won 25 games, but that's because you lost a couple of your key members – uh, to injury uh, for a significant portion of the yeah, season, that may be one thing. Or, or, or let's say, or let's say you win 25 games, but your expected win total based on your um, net plus minus actually would have been 35, like 35 to 40 wins. But you just had a horrible mass of luck. I mean, that that's one thing. If you're a 25 win team that looks like a 25 win team, then yes, you're fired. It, but what does that what does that mean though? Like that's the thing. Is like what you just said, like predicted wins i don't i never have understood anybody that not you sean but anybody who does that like with the nfl right now the texans are projected to win four games well how do you know 
Well, you know, come on, man. When I, like, when, it's no, all when I when I say predicted wins, it's it, I, again. It, I'm not it, talking it, about you. Yeah. Well, no, but it, it's more like after the fact, like after the game's over, and you realize there were things that happened in the game that were just completely flukish. I mean, it happens. I mean, think about it. it happens in baseball a lot. It even happens in football, where right. you go back and think, wait a minute, you completely outplayed the other team, except for a two minute stretch, and that two minute stretch cost you a game. Like it's it's. I, I guess to me it's different. You know, like like last year they had a horrible defense, but but let's say they actually have a positive net rating. Somehow they say they you know their offensive ratings like a one twelve, their defensive ratings one ten, but they don't win that many games. Well, I mean that's a huge improvement over where they were last year. Yeah. Last year they had the worst defense ever, so that's more. Yeah. What I'm getting to are, are, are there things that show improvement? And then the second part is I know we don't have, and I know, I know you're not the biggest fan of small ball, but I, I really am hoping that I, they do give like Jalen Green, and I'm not Jalen, sorry, Jabari Smith and Tari Eason and KJ Martin run together as like the three, four, five on the court. See, I would like or, to have it more like a two, three, four. So we're not we're not far off. Like yeah. in that in my mind there, I would love to see that lineup with Ty Ty Washington at the one and Bruno Fernando at the five. That's what I would like to see. Because Bruno Fernando is the only guy on this roster currently employed that can I can honestly feel decent about defending the rip. Shangun's not that dude. Yeah. If they continue to put him in that position, they're doing him a disservice. True. Any final thoughts uh, before we move to our next speaker tonight, brother? No, no, I, that that would be a fun lineup to uh, see. That yeah. very nineteen uh, nineties of the Rockets if they trotted that out. I think I'd so. Like man. To see it. Nineties. <laughs> they should have a nineties throwback night and just have that lineup. No, it's fair, and that's the thing. Is like, I want to see creativity this year. That's what Silas hasn't shown in two years. This has been one of the most boring teams to watch over the last two years. Like, give me a team that is more boring. Maybe Detroit, Sean, but, like, there's not a team. I just – I don't enjoy watching the Rockets play basketball. I just don't. It's not a fun team to watch. It's all iso ball. With, they're like a chicken running around with its head cut off offensively. Well, I, I mean, I'm hoping without Wood that's going to change. And that's fair. And if Shagoon is starting and he's running a lot of that – I mean, the five-out offense is also – supposed to be a derivative of what Adelman used to run in Sacramento, where that was a lot of fun. Sacramento's teams were always fun to watch, and it's not because Vladi Dibots was a great NBA player. It's because he was a really good passer, and it was a lot of fun watching them cut. I think he would like to use Shingun in that way. That's kind of the five-out system can do that. We'll see if it happens, but that would be fun. I think one, one thought on that, I know they ran up against the Lakers. I get it. Those Sacramento teams were fun, but they never won anything. So, like, basing my team's future on that, I would be really scared of, but I get where you're coming from. Sean, we appreciate you as always, brother. Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, We got two more speaker requests for the night, and then we got to wrap it up. Let's go to In Order Alex. Alex in Houston, what's going on? What's up, man? (sighs) Welcome. Thank you. Oh, you're you're welcome. welcome. Yes, what can we do for you this Um, evening? So everyone's talking about Silas, and I personally think that if I don't even he know sucks. if no, I'm just schedule kidding. comes out yet, 
Um, but if we lose, if we have the worst record in the league by the all-star break, I think they're going to fire Silas. Who would you hire? I think what's going to happen is they're going to promote Lionel Hollins for, um, that's who's on our coaching staff, right? Yeah. Lionel Hollins was yeah. brought in. I you think, think it's so, like the Lovey Smith yeah. comparison in Houston. Yeah, not yeah. because, not because both coaches are African-American, but more, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, more along the lines of, you know, on on staff wanting to, you know, basically, you know, right the ship, if you will. Right. No, I think so. I think Lionel Hollins will probably coach the rest of the year. And then a guy that maybe I would want them to go see is uh, Quinn Steiner. You know, oh, God. Ugh. I know. I mean, everyone says he looks like the Green Goblin, but um, – no, he does. <laughs> um, I don't know what other upcoming coaching candidates. <coughs> Sam Cassell. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, Sam Scott. Cassell. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you if you can go get – Sam Cassell is going to get a head coaching job. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten one now. Um, I mean, if Chauncey Billups can go get a head coaching job, Sam Cassell can go get a head coaching job. So uh, I would love to see Sam Cassell. I mean, Rockets legend and all that. We might as well go hire Vernon Maxwell. Oh, I would hire Vernon Maxwell as well. No, I mean, it's so funny because so many people out there are so in love with the idea of development. And I think it's because it drives interaction on social media. You know, if the team is bad, it's fun for all the fans to bitch and moan about how bad the team is. I think that's the sports culture that we're now moving to is that it's cool to be a part of the team that tears it all down, gets the number one pick, becomes the new sexy team to talk about. But so little, so very few times has that actually worked out. You know, Boston, it still hasn't worked out. It's gotten damn close. Right. You know, it's gotten damn close. Unless they're about to blow it up and go get Kevin Durant, which would be the worst mistake of their life. It depends on what they give up. Like, in my eyes, if they were to, quote-unquote, blow it up, right? If you give up Marcus, Marcus Smith, Jalen Brown, you know, Grant Williams and three number one picks, you still have Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and Robert Williams. You still have Marcus Smart. Like, you're still left with a pretty damn good team in a really tough Eastern Conference. The ability to go get a guy like that is so – it just doesn't happen. And Ryan throws in the chat Brad Stevens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, Brad Stevens left coaching less than two years ago for a cushy front office job, and he just almost took a team to a title. Well, he took a team to a championship but didn't get it done. He's not leaving that post no. for a team like the Rockets. I'll tell you what I would do that not a lot of people have talked about. And I don't know if he would do it. I think if there's a guy that could get it done, it would would be Tillman Fertitta. Could you go get a guy like a Kelvin Sampson? Oh, you know, if you're a Rockets fan and take it from Alex and I both went to the University of Houston, been to multiple games. Kelvin Sampson. Let me see how I want to phrase this. Kelvin Sampson would be the best coach for the Rockets since 
Rudy Tomjanovich. I, go- I would love, I would actually think, because that would be a perfect hire for the Rockets because then Kelvin Sampson's son would just take over U of H's job. Kellen Sam, his son Kellen, who's on staff, who most think is going to be in line for that job. Kelvin gets the ability to stay in town. And this ties in back to the James Piercy article that we're discussing, um, which is up on the dreamshake.com right now that you guys should go check out. Is Steven Silas on the hot seat? If Kelvin Sampson were to say, yes, I would leave U of H to go coach the Rockets, you fire Steven Silas yesterday. Yep. The ability for Kelvin Sampson, I think the, the draw for him would be the challenge that is uh, the NBA. And I'll tell you guys to watch out for the University of Houston, not because we went there. University of Houston is one of probably the 10 or 12 best teams in the country, which puts them in the talk of winning a national championship. The stars could align for the Rockets to have another terrible year with Steven Silas. If the University of Houston wins a national title, which, by the way, the Final Four is in the city of Houston this year, and Tillman Fertitta goes to Kelvin Sampson and says, you've done everything you wanted to do at the University of Houston. How about you take this job that's seven minutes from the University of Houston, you get to stay in the city near your son, who's going to be the head coach, your daughter who works inside of the program. I don't know what her title is, but Lauren Sampson is a big part of the the game day festivities and operations and things like that. And then your son gets to take over your position at their school. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that it could, it, it could the stars could align so just ridiculously perfect that I would be all in on that uh, on that taking place. You have any final thoughts, Alex, before we move to our last speaker uh, of the night before I got to wrap it up? So this year's rookie class compared to last year's rookie class. Yes. Which, which one do you like more? Oh, which one do I like more? I know um, mine. I already know mine. It's tough because the best player out of the two classes, I think, comes out of last year's, obviously, with Jalen Green. But right. if you were to look at the second and third best players, you're, I'm going to argue, I think Tari Eason has a chance. And I don't that, think he, that's, uh, No, you hit the point right on the knot because that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, personally, like Jabari Smith, yeah, great overall player. But I think the steal for the Rockets is Tari Eason. I, I mean, I think I think Tari Eason is to be a stud. I think Ty Ty Washington is going to get a lot of looks as the backup point guard because he's more of a point guard than what Deshaun Nix is. I mean, Deshaun Nix, I mean, is a is a huskier version of Teron Liu. I guess. Right. Right. You know, like the guy that, that Ty Ty Washington actually reminds me a lot of is TJ Ford. Okay. You know, I mean, TJ Ford was, how tall was he? I mean, and I'm pretty sure that they were, they're around the same height. Yeah. TJ Ford was six foot. Ty Ty, I think is either six foot or six one. Ty Ty Washington 
I feel like is going to be a legitimate NBA point guard. Is he going to be a superstar? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, I just, he's not going to be a superstar. Your JJ Brea was like that. Oh God, I hope hope not. Not like, but that type of player. He could be. Yeah. All those guys fall into the same bucket for me. You know, TJ Ford, uh, Jameer Nelson. There we go. Jameer Nelson. You know, JJ Brea. They don't all play the same game. When I say they're the same type of guy, good, solid point guard into in, in the NBA. They're not superstars. You know, Kevin Porter Jr. is a better player than any guy that I just named. But the offense, I feel like, would run so much smoother and so much better with a guy like a Ty Ty Washington versus a guy like KPJ. Again, doesn't mean I don't want KPJ on the team. It means that I feel like the offense would run smoother with a different type of point guard. So hopefully that answers your question. One last point, then I'm going to get off. KJ yes. Martin, days, yes or no? I think he's on the roster day one. It wouldn't shock me if he's moved by the all-star break. Got it. My man. Thank you for joining the show, brother. All right. Um, let's go to our final speaker of the night. You've got two minutes. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, Mike. What's up, man? What's up, brother? What's up, brother? Okay, so going back to the whole Steven Silas on the hot seat thing, if you're the Rockets right now and with the Kevin Durant rumors stirring it back up again, do you get involved in a three-team trade to bring Jalen Brown to this Rockets team this season, or do you hold out? Depends on what I'm giving up. Like, what am I okay. giving up for Jalen Brown? Would you give up probably, like, Eric Gordon – KJ Martin Jr., uh, I'd say KBJ and that that pick from the Brooklyn Nets next year. Oh, I do that in five seconds. I don't even think twice. I don't know. It's, people are going to argue that <laughs> Jalen Brown doesn't fit the timeline, which I think is is stupid. Um, if, if I can get Jalen Brown, I'm going to get Jalen Brown because there's your forwards for the next – 10 years, Jalen Brown at the three and Jabari at the four. Right. I mean, I mean, that's ridiculously stupid good. And then you have Jalen Green. I mean, your two, three, four would be Jalen Green, Jalen Brown, and Jabari Smith. You know, Ty Ty Washington, I think, then becomes your starting point guard. Right. In this instance, that's a heck of a team. It's going to take more to get Jalen Brown because whoever's trading for Kevin Durant is going to want Jalen Brown. So I don't think the Rockets have any shot at him, but I like where your head's at. And I was hearing a Mikel Bridges would be involved if it was in, if, if Phoenix got involved in that. So, And then there would be Mikel Bridges going to Houston, which yeah. I don't really want Mikel Bridges. He'd be a really good role player, but not a starter. <clears throat> I mean, it depends, man. It the thing is, right now, you're, if the season started today, your starting five is KPJ, Green, Tate, uh, Jabari Smith, and Shingun. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I feel like the best spot for Jay Sean Tate with this organization is as the sixth man coming off of the bench, him and, and Josh Christopher. Those are legitimate guys coming off of your bench that are legit and can help your team tremendously in non-starter roles. Yeah, but Jason Tate just signed that three-year contract. He's not going to be sit, coming off, off the bench for that much, you know? 
No, he absolutely can. See, I, I don't agree with that at all because it's a three-year, $22 million deal. You're, you've paid Eric Gordon $18 million a year to come off the bench. So paying Jay Shantae to come off the bench, that's just who he is. You know, we all know what Jay Shantae is at this point. Unless True. he develops more of a three-point shot, he's a mid-tier role guy. If he went to a really good team, he would be their eighth or ninth guy coming off of the bench. You need those guys. Those are legitimate NBA players. And they got to figure out who is going to get those two-way spots that are still available as well. Yeah. The two, well, Bruno, for I think Fernando took up one of those spots. So as we get closer to camp, the roster will take shape more. There has to be a trade coming down the pipeline. We'll see what that is. You have a final thought before I got to wrap it up. Um. Uh, I, as far as that goes, like I said, if we want to become a, uh, if, if we want to get Steven South off the, off the hot seat, they got to make something, they got to play, they got to win more games than they did this year, at least make the play in. Otherwise I think he'll be, um, on his way out. So adios amigo. All right. Thank you again, Mike. Thanks brother. Good talking with you. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your night to join me here on Spotify Live. It is greatly appreciated, and I enjoy talking to all of our uh, speakers tonight. Adam, Alex, Ryan, uh, Sean, you guys brought it like you normally do, and it's greatly appreciated. If you are on Twitter, head on over to at The Dream Take to give us a follow. Uh, The mothership of The Dream Take is The Dream Take. Shake. You can follow us at Dreamshake SBN. Uh, you can give me a follow at BSW Podcast underscore and be my very talented co-pilot Jeremy Brenner. You can follow him at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. If you're on Facebook, search the Dreamshake. Give us a like there. And finally, head on over to the Dreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. Jeremy and I will be back live here on Monday night. Uh, Give us uh, a listen then. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets!